Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. What's the difference between evangelism and discipleship or disciple making? This is an important question. How do these things fit together? Maybe you see yourself as an evangelist or you see yourself as someone who's good at discipleship. We're going to talk today about how important it is that these two things are tied to one another and integrated on the evangelism discipleship continuum. So we will be back with that in just a moment. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Are frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls. And even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. All right, let's dive into this important question as we are exploring today the difference between evangelism and discipleship and disciple making and how these things fit together. Well, evangelism, you know, the word actually, the English word comes from the word evangel. And the word evangel comes from the word, you know, uh, good news. So evangelism is actually the expression or the proclamation of good news. It's the good news that Jesus came, he died, he rose again, he's our savior, he paid the way. He, he paid the price for us to have salvation. And if we put our trust in him, that he can become our savior and, and save us from our sins, save us from eternal punishment, he can begin to transform our lives, right? It's that amazing good news that we have to share with others. That's what we talk about as evangelism. Evangelism has to do with proclamation. It has to do with the sharing of the good news of Jesus as Savior, and that he can save us from our sins. He can lift the shame off of our lives and bring new life to us. So evangelism is, is an important thing that Jesus commanded us to do. He said that we need to be, we would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, that we are to proclaim the good news of Jesus to others. Evangelism is vital. And there are some who are extremely gifted in evangelism. They they are uh, just anointed, particularly in the gift of evangelism. They are an evangelist. They can proclaim the good news with power, anointing, and people respond when they 
they share the good news. Amazing leaders like Billy Graham, who are incredible evangelists, but others as well, just, you know, ordinary people. Um, sometimes in a disciple-making movement context, we call these people super sowers. They go out, they find it easy to lead people to a commitment to follow Jesus. I was talking once with a brother in a, a Muslim context. He was a Muslim background believer himself. And he said to me this, he said, Cynthia, I find it really easy to lead Muslims to Christ. That's easy discipling them now that is hard <laughs> and we laughed about that but he had a gift of evangelists on his life and some people are really good at this now others are more gifted in the area of once people believe helping them to learn to follow jesus both evangelism and discipleship and disciple making are vital if we are going to reach the lost around us if we are going to have an impact a kingdom impact in our area and what uh let's just go ahead and unpack what is what is discipleship discipleship is actually the process of helping people follow jesus learn to obey him and his commands and being transformed by that relationship with him so they become more like jesus and they begin to imitate him they begin to look like Jesus. We begin to look like Jesus as we walk through a discipleship process. We're becoming more like him and more obedient day by day as we follow his commands, as we encounter him in scripture, as we encounter him in prayer, as we get to know him in a deeper relationship, our lives are being transformed. That's what we would call the discipleship process. So it's a process. And what I would like to, to say is that Neither one is more important than the other. They are both really part of one continuum, right? And I like to think of it, and I think uh, most of us in disciple-making movement, church planning movement, uh, practitioners, we would, we would say that we see it as a process. Now, um, you can uh, look at, say, T for T, training for trainers, and Ying Kai's approach, no place left, and they will emphasize doing evangelism first and getting people to pray a prayer of commitment, take a step where they make a decision to follow Jesus, and then they take them into a discovery study where they're gonna grow in their relationship with Jesus. But you never see that, that those two things are not together, right? Even with No Place Left and T4T and that approach, these things are always connected. Evangelism always leads to discipleship right? They're together and they, they, there's no gap. They're immediately together. And so we see that. Or for David Watson's approach and the discovery Bible study method and all of that, often there's more of a, an understanding of we're discipling people into a, a place of seeking the Lord. Uh, we're inviting them to discover Jesus, particularly as you work with people from Hindu and Buddhist and Muslim backgrounds. You're taking them through the prophet stories or you're taking them through a creation to Christ uh, story set. And they're beginning to learn and understand. And as they're on that process of seeking, they come to that point of making a decision to follow Jesus and to become his disciple, to take baptism, to begin to obey him in everything. And the allegiance shifts to becoming a follower of Jesus. Well, I, what I would say is we have to embrace the process. Though you may be more gifted as an evangelist than you are as a disciple maker, Jesus told us to go and make disciples, not converts, right? And 
often if we just emphasize only evangelism, we are we're we're getting people's tickets to heaven, so to speak. We're emphasizing follow Jesus, you know, become a sorry, become pray this prayer and make this decision to become a Christian. Raise your hand, uh, acknowledge your sin, pray a prayer of confession, and then you're saved, right? And we're emphasizing salvation, um, which God wants to give. That's part of it. But salvation is actually also a process. It's not just a one-time prayer and then you're you're in. And that's all you have to do. Um, that's all that God wants you to do. No, it's, it's a decision we want people to make to embrace a a life of following Jesus, right? And so we want to call them not only to pray a prayer of repentance or not only to pray a prayer of decision, but we want to invite them into a life of following Jesus, right? And many times I've seen this in churches that I've worked with is um, there's kind of an easy believism where uh, a pastor will will give an invitation from the stage, and then sometimes they don't even ask people to raise their hands, let alone come forward. Or they'll they'll just say, "Lift your eyes. I want to just see, I'll acknowledge." They don't even ask people to raise their hands anymore, right? Well, in many ways, I I believe that's doing a bit of a disservice to people because we are we're making it easy to get that sort of ticket to heaven, you're now you're saved without making a commitment to enter into a relationship with Jesus where he is our leader. Um, sometimes, you know, in, in the past, we used to say he becomes our Lord and master. Uh, I like to use the terminology now, we make him our leader. We begin to follow his way. We begin to know him as our leader. And the the, the one that we look to for counsel, for advice on how to do life. He's going to teach us. We're, we're beginning to walk on the pathway of Jesus, and we invite people into that. So um, I just want to say that evangelism is so much a part of disciple making. You can't make disciples without doing evangelism. You need the proclamation of the good news. That can happen in different ways, depending on which ap approach you feel led to embrace. You can do that up front and then immediately begin to disciple people into what it means to be transformed by the word, knowing Jesus better. Or you can invite them into a discovery process, a seeker group where they're beginning to learn about Jesus. And in that process, they get to that point. Um, it has to come, though. There has to be that shifting of allegiance where they say, yes, I want to become a follower of Jesus. I've decided to give my life to him and to fully obey his word in every aspect of my life. And usually that turning point is the point of baptism. As they learn about what baptism is and they make a decision that I want to be baptized. Why, why shouldn't I be baptized? I want to follow Jesus in everything that he's commanded. Um, so again, I would encourage not a separation between evangelism and discipleship, but to see them as integrated, as one continuum, right? Evangelism's part of it. Disciple making's part of it. Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples of all nations, to baptize them and to train them or teach them to obey everything that he commanded. This is all part of fulfilling the Great Commission. And uh, we proclamation is definitely a, a big part of it. 
Tom Rainier, who's a researcher of, of churches and church growth, he says this, he says, a church without evangelism becomes a church that does not make disciples because there are no new Christians to disciple, right? And I've seen this in various churches. They have an evangelism department and they have a discipleship department. And those people who are doing evangelism and those who are discipling, they don't, they don't even hardly talk to each other. And I think this is really does a disservice to people to separate these two. Um, every evangelist needs to learn how to grow as a disciple maker. Because why? We want evangelists to train up more evangelists. We want those who are proclaiming the good news, those that receive Christ, to train them so they too can, can start to proclaim the good news to others. They, they need to become disciples who make dis more disciples if we're gonna reach our area and see multiplication. So evangelists need to become disciple makers and disciple makers, people who see themselves as good with discipleship, they need to also grow in evangelism. I had to grow in evangelism. I would say that my natural gifting is much more to work with Christians and help them grow and develop. But I know that in order to reach the lost in my area, I have to become an evangelist. I have to grow in the skill of evangelism. That may not be my primary spiritual gift, but I'm going to learn. And I have learned in the last you know, 10 years or so to be much better at evangelism. And there are simple skills you can learn. You can learn how to have spiritual conversations. What kinds of questions open the door for conversations with people? You can learn to share your testimony, practice it, get good at sharing the, the change that's taken place in your life with others. There are skills that we can grow in, even if it's not maybe our most natural gifting or our spiritual gift, but every Jesus follower needs to learn how to be a witness because that is a command for every follower. How do we witness to others of the faith and the hope and the life that is within us in Jesus Christ? So uh, that's a skill that can be learned. And, and again, if you're an evangelist, you can grow as a disciple maker. So let's, let's see these things as tied together. There may be one or the other that is easier for you but I think we wanna see them going together. Why? Because we wanna see many, many more people coming to know Jesus in our area. So I hope that's helpful for you. I will be back in just a moment with some action steps and a few takeaways as we wrap up this episode. Imagine a world where passionate followers of Jesus come together to multiply, transforming lives beyond imagination. Instead of toiling with little fruit, what if God's abundance flowed beyond your wildest dreams? Picture those you've invested in sharing Jesus freely, creating a ripple effect of disciple-making. In her new book, The Multiplier's Mindset, Cynthia Anderson reveals how shifting mindsets can revolutionize disciple-making. When Cynthia and her colleagues experienced these mindset shifts, they saw enormous results including the launching of 19 multiplying movements in Africa and Asia, transforming tens of thousands of lives. This book will help you discover hidden harvesters, see church members move from passivity to passion, and release the power of simplicity in multiplying disciples. Don't remain stuck. Learn to move toward greater fruitfulness. Visit MultipliersMindset.com and get your copy of The Multiplier's Mindset today. 
Okay, so here's some action steps. We always want to put into practice the things we're learning and take steps of obedience and faithfulness to what God has given us. So here's what I would say. If you are someone who naturally sees yourself as more of an evangelist, I'd like to ask you to learn how to be a disciple maker. Take one step forward. Learn how to how to not just invite people to pray a prayer, but how do you invite them into a discovery study? How do you invite them to read scripture together with, with others? And maybe even how, how can you ask them that question? Who else could you invite? Uh, start a group of disciples with those that you're leading to Christ and learn in that and grow in that. And if you see yourself more as a naturally gifted discipler, um, someone who's good with discipleship, I want to challenge you in this next week or two, grow in evangelism skills. Maybe learn how to share your testimony, the before, how, and after. And you can look on our website for resources on the three-minute testimony. Uh, learn how to do that. Start doing it. Start becoming more confident in that. As you practice, you will gain confidence and you'll gain a competency in this skill as well. So um, we're going to have our, our spiritual gifts. We're going to have those things that we are naturally more drawn to. But all of us need to be both evangelists and disciple makers in order to fulfill the commission that Jesus gave us to go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them, and teach them to obey. Let's be, let's be uh, good at both of these and grow in both of these. And we'll see God do amazing things through us as we do that. God bless you guys. We'll see you back in the next episode. Have a great week. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com blog on social media, and please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.